Hey there, welcome to the Snakebird Podcast. My name's Josh. And I'm Steve. Together we invite you to join us. As we explore the mysteries of Scripture. The realm of God. And freedom through Christ. So spread out those wings. And slither in place. Because this is is Snakebirds. Welcome Snakebirds to another episode of the podcast. Today we're taking on something a little bit different as we go into the holiday season. And that is addressing some of the depressing feelings people may experience during this time. As well as a few biblical insights to help overcome those feelings. That's right, guys. Tis the season that is awesome to be with you today. And as we approach this season, um, where everywhere we look, it's over-exaggerated joy and festivities. And we also know that there is a darker side to this holiday season, especially as we near Christmas. And this topic might seem extremely foreign to some of you listening, but to others, it might be just what you need to hear. And perhaps this is even an episode that will send you away with more comfort than you did before after hearing it, um, if that is you on the darker side. But um, that's our prayer anyway. Yeah. Some people, they have like tinsel in their veins, yeah. <laughs> you know, and others, they just uh, don't get as geeked out about this time of year because it has the exact opposite effect. And this year in particular might be difficult with all the things that could be compounding it uh, from the pandemic to the division that our nation is experiencing, mm-hmm. social distancing, even the presidential election. Yep. Uh, this has been a tough year to swallow. Uh, people all around the U.S. and the world have lost their jobs. Some have lost their homes to wildfires, floods, and hurricanes. Some have even lost loved ones, spouses, and friends. That's true. It's, you know, every year I, I hear, I've heard several sermons where it says as we approach this topic that we're talking about, where people, some people, they feel depressed as they near Christmas, which is opposite from a lot. Mm-hmm. But like you said, this could be a perfect storm for a lot of people out there who have lost so much. Yeah. You know, there's been a lot going on this year. Yeah. 2020 stinks. It does. <laughs> and, and the whole world is saying, oh, it's a time to be happy. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's Christmas music just playing all fake this (laughs) (laughs) and then the the trees show up like so early now the decorations show up in the store so early now and and i could see where um if you're experiencing some hardships if you're experiencing some depression that's not out of the norm yeah that's true and you've probably heard it called seasonal depression Mm -hmm. which is um a term that is used for this uh also known as Uh, sad or seasonal affective disorder. Mm -hmm. But um, I think we're going to be, honestly, I I did, because we always define stuff, I brought a definition, but I think that um, we're going to be expanding a little more than what this definition states. But either way, um, I've got the definition if you want me to roll with it, I say you should. Okay. Seasonal affective disorder, sad, is a type of depression that's related to changes in seasons. Sad begins and ends about the same time every year. If you're like most people with sad, your symptoms start in the fall and continue into the winter months, sapping your energy and making you feel moody. Less often, sad causes depression in the spring and early summer. Um, And I'm not in any way dismissing sad disorder um, as something silly or made up, but as I read this, I almost got the feeling that this might, for some people be a kind of crutch for liking one season over oh, another yeah. I, and like like their favorite season um, is just ended and they now have a medical term to disguise pouting maybe maybe I'm the only one who's tempted with insensitive thoughts like that and I'm not dismissing real disorders 
because I know that oftentimes we don't understand certain disorders because we simply haven't walked in the shoes of those who do struggle with things Mm -hmm. that we haven't gone through. Yeah. So um, I I just know a few people that pout because their season's over. Yeah. I just want to point that out. No, I mean, some people, they really love summer and they like when the heat is on and, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's bright outside late into the evening and, and they just feel like they can be outside the house. Whereas in the winter, you might not feel as comfortable. I've, I've even heard a sad called the winter blues. Yeah. And it's just some people have that effectiveness where when the sun is not shining, they, they just aren't as chipper. That's true. And if any of you listeners out there do suffer from sad, and please forgive me if I offended you, oh. <laughs> it was a joke. But um, I guess when we decided to do this episode, I was instantly thinking of like the bad memories, feelings, and unknown sadness that can emerge from things like seasons, which trigger depression. Yeah. And so it kind of, you know, it's like I said, it's going to go beyond the definition. Yeah, here. it's it's lumped into one. I, I heard a statistic the other day, um, and it's said that 50% of young people, young adults, are experiencing some sort of mental health battle that they're facing right now. I believe that. And I, a variety of battles, but... I can imagine that as well. And I think a lot more are being diagnosed. I think there's a lot that's going on um, where we can now kind of identify things more frequently or or with more capability. Mm -hmm. But that's huge. Yeah, there's there's no doubt a climate now that is it weighs much heavier on the uh, even a much younger generation than before yeah. with just staying up to date and being liked and all this stuff because mm-hmm. of technology for one and then yeah, it's, I believe it for sure. Yeah, I what is it? Maybe there's more stress on them as the um things are available electronically so much faster now and, I think so. And you have that pressure which we've talked about multiple times. I think you're forced to grow up faster in a certain sense. Mm-hmm. Um, in the older days, there was another sense of growing up faster that kids now don't experience. Yeah. But but this is more of a mental one than a physical one. Yeah. Well, and the news wasn't so prominent. I mean, true. I didn't have the news being fed to me on That's my phone true. like constantly and updates and, and the pressures of social media and things like that. We didn't have the echo chamber back in then mm-hmm. like we do now. Yeah. <laughs> Last yeah. episode, guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, very true. I even uh, recently heard that the Harvard School of Public Health released a story reporting that we spend 95% of our lives indoors and only 5% of our lives outdoors. And the way that translates, let's say for, again, a young adult, that means about seven minutes outside a day. Hmm. Seven minutes outside a day. And when you think about what the outdoors are supposed to do in terms of refreshment or walking or clearing your head, um, when you look at the flip side of that, that study was saying that we spend about 12 hours a day on a screen, whether it's TV, phones, uh, computers, work, things like that. It's insane. Yeah. You got to get your vitamin D, man. <laughs> it's cooking our brains. <laughs> yeah, it very well might be. Well, and th- th- that's the scary thing is we don't understand yet. We don't have that mm-hmm. uh, baseline information of what phones are going to do to us in the long run. That's true. We don't have the data points on mm-hmm. a long scale yet. Yeah. Yeah, it's still relatively new. I didn't get my first phone, I think, until I was about 19. I was 23. Oh, 
I, I am <laughs> I am slightly older. That's about this. You, it's <laughs> no. I was I was younger than that. Oh, okay. I didn't get my first smartphone. I had a flip phone for a very long time. Yeah. <laughs> wow. But um, yeah, some of the stuff that we're going to be addressing here is we we've bounced a lot of this uh, these topics around in a few different episodes, like uh, surviving seasons of doubt. How can pain have a purpose? Um, but we know that we as people are complex beings with so many angles of emotion, psychological tendencies, and we're creatures of habit, too. So I think uh, episodes like this where we revisit such a broad topic, it's really going to be good because we can always address a new angle of application to help us navigate these seasons that sometimes it just shows up out of nowhere and can really affect us. Mm-hmm. And this is, it's not always that you did something or something bad happened. Sometimes it just shows up. Sometimes seasons just bring that on. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to say this, especially because we don't want to come across as tone deaf, that there are a lot of people who scoff when Christian folks out there, like ourselves, try to give spiritual advice for what we can categorize as psychological problems. Mm -hmm. Our goal is not to downplay or ignore real issues at all. In fact, the remedy has to match the infirmity. You know, we (laughs) don't want to put a Band-Aid on a bullet wound. And that's why I'm so thankful that there are professionals out there that God has specifically gifted who are able to help those in mental torment. And I would fully recommend those type of counselors in those specific situations. On the other hand, I would also like to say that it is God who made us. And I believe that he is going to understand us best and that his word is the best place to start for deliverance from these types of mental hardships. Yeah, I think you're right. I I touch on that myself here in a little bit, too. But that's a good point, because. There's there's need for spiritual help for spiritual problems and and physical help for the more real yeah. of life and yeah um, so yeah that's a good point there's a community I've seen where you know they have those signs that says like laugh live love yeah and that's like the the cure for life and yeah you know there are some people who are going through imp- depression that for them that is like it's it's laughable mm-hmm. how much they think that's not the answer, which it's it's not. I mean, yeah. it's it's deeper. That's true. And, and sometimes words just sound like words, even though the meaning is deeper. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah. it's hard to grasp that when you're going through the midst of something <laughs> yeah. terrible yeah. Or, or even mild sometimes. Well, yeah, because it's like, well, I'm depressed. And the person goes, well, don't be. And they're like, well, thank you. You solved me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you, Thanks, I'm, man. I'm cured. <laughs> you <laughs> exactly. solved my problems. Yeah. But that's not, that's not necessarily the case. And sometimes you have to get to the deeper issue. And, yeah. and sometimes the only person that can do that is a counselor. You that's know. true. You know, one thing I started asking myself as I was studying for this episode is the question, where does depression come from? Mm. And I know there might be some people out there that consider themselves alpha types who say, it comes from weakness. I don't have it, you know. (laughs) But uh, just right out of the gate, I want to say everyone deals with a level of what doctors now call depression, Mm. some level. Um, Some people wear a mask and uh, make others think they don't struggle with stuff like that. And we see that a lot with with social media. Things are painted in a certain light. But you should know if you're struggling with depression, we all have a level of this. It's in our human, you know, makeup. Mm -hmm. So we're all going to just we're going to come to these seasons where we're out of sync. And when this happens, um, 
we'll experience a level of depression and it kind of reminds me of a sugar rush, you know, <laughs> you know, you, you're on the top and then the come down is terrible. Yeah. Um, which is a terrible example. They just made me think of it. Um, but when all is said and done and I've looked back on my own life, I think it's safe to say that there's no antivirus software that we can apply in our lives to block out this out of the blue depression that just comes on us sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, And part of understanding the situation is identifying the source that cures it. And I'm actually not just referring to the standard Christianese God answer here. Mm -hmm. Um, There's there's a few angles to look at. And I really think there might be people out there that have wasted years of secular therapy where psychiatrists have tried to medicate people out of undesirable states when the whole time if people understood the source that could fix their sadness – uh, then the event would be shut down much quicker. And I, I do realize that we've heard a thousand sermons, most of us, in teachings where the outline is always the same. Uh, God good, Satan bad, listen to God, don't listen to Satan. Very Christianese, mm-hmm. very Band-Aid, as yeah. you put it. Um, so please don't tune out if that's the vibe you're getting here, because the truth is there's some nuggets in this topic that I think we should really break down and consider. It's, it's not Band-Aid stuff we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. And we, we realize there's a lot of angles. Yes. Yeah, for sure. And um, one thing that I uh, brought to the table that is a, something I heard a teaching a while back, and it's it's three different sources that will offer help during these times of sadness or depression, but only one is the actual antidote. And the reason that some people are overwhelmed by depression is because they will choose the wrong source, the false cure. And so here's the three sources that, I, that I've that i heard years ago and a great teaching that stuck with me. And the three sources that offer help in these times is Satan, ourselves, and God. Mm. And uh, Satan, the devil, or honestly, anytime uh, it could be a demonic voice of any kind that comes in, in at these times of sadness and depression, and it'll have a tone of condemnation. Mm-hmm. We've gone too far. We're too far lost. It'll bring us um, further down this voice. And I think most of us know what condemnation feels like. Um, and that's a key that you're hearing a defaunt, a demonic voice or, or assist for help, you know, yeah. to help you. And it'll often be at moments where we're weak, tired, or already in some way compromised mentally when Satan will employ certain tactics to deepen our state of depression. And we've definitely touched on this stuff in other episodes. And most of us can recognize the more obvious red flags of Satan, though some of them can be subtle and stealth-like. Mm-hmm. But the uh, clear conclusion of taking advice for your saddened or depressed state is no. If we give in to that advice, obviously we're going to wind up on a path that gets deeper by the step into despair. And guys, you don't need a podcast to tell you that. I think most of you know that. But um, what a lot might not realize is equally bad is the advice we can take from ourselves. Mm-hmm. Some human logic. Very much so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we are the greatest liars to ourselves at times. We are. Yeah, We can. it can be equally damaging. And um, Satan is always on the prowl to destroy us, but are we any better off if we meet the same end by our own hand? Mm. And uh, Jeremiah seventeen nine says, The heart is more deceitful than all else and is desperately wicked. Who can understand it? And I, I used to read that verse before, back before I really knew who God was and who I was, quite frankly. And I used to think, you know, I've seen good people before. That can't always be true. I used to think that. But as I've grown older and um, discovered more things about God and His Word, I'll never question that verse again. Mm. And there's there's a lot of bad advice that we can that we can give ourselves. Yes. 
And listener, you have this fallen and broken state inside you as well. We all do. Ever since the garden, we have we have this unfixable condition that needs help from another source. So if we try to use human logic to fix our depression, then we'll ultimately crumble into a worse state than when we started. And sometimes human logic can pacify it for a while. Uh, sometimes a forced positive outlook will help you visualize things in kind of a rose-colored glasses for a while, but it won't forever. Uh, sometimes medications will pacify uh, an underlying pain or dysfunction for a while, but not forever. These remedies are um, they're human logic, how you deal with it as a human would. Just um, refuse and let the bad in. Just refuse to let the bad in and visualize your destiny, you might have heard. Uh, take a pill that fixes anxiousness. Find a support group that are people just like you. Occupy your mind by investing more time in work, hobbies, or social engagements. And hear me out, some of these things can be good for a while. But the way God designed us, uh, these things are not meant to be permanent fixes. Mm -hmm. And just like a, a come down from any drugs, a state of despair will start to reemerge from anyone who has been taking advice from a source other than the only source that can truly carry us through any state of sadness and depression. And that source is God, the words of God, the presence of God, and the Spirit of God. And um, before I elaborate any further, I want to say that accepting this truth might not change your immediate condition of depression um, any better than some of the things offered in human remedies. In fact, some of the things offered in human fixes might actually make you feel better quicker than the things that God offers. Mm -hmm. uh, perhaps even the suggestions of demonic voices might even start the feel-good process much quicker than what God offers, but nothing nothing else can offer an ingredient that God can introduce, and that is hope. And that hope, man, in times of depression, that's the only thing that can keep you going. Yeah, it really it's is. It's the light at the end of the tunnel. It's it's something that says, hey, there's going to be a tomorrow from this. Yeah. And, you know, in most cases, it's, it's a slow process. But the great thing about it is with each season, you get closer to that hope, whereas with, you know, each step on the other avenue, you get further away from hope. Mm -hmm. So... um You'd be familiar with the, the statements that Jesus made about the Pharisees who the leaven of the loaf would ruin the whole bread. And that's completely paraphrased. <laughs> <laughs> It'll corrupt the whole loaf. Let me say it right. Uh, but what you might not realize is that hope of Christ does the reverse in us. It slowly makes us aware of, of him, his presence, uh, transforms our mind uh, to be in unity with, with God's. It turns our depression into joy, our mourning to laughter, tears to gladness. And um, I just I, I I think that's something important to point out because I understand that when we're in depressed states we can we can be where these are just words mm -hmm. but it's something that we should dwell on uh, because it does make a difference it can make an impact yeah it's interesting that you talk about that because I was thinking about how. Um, you have different types of sin that possibly contaminate or uh, kind of camouflage themselves and really start to permeate the rest of our lives. And we talk about those things in a negative way, but there are also positive things that actually permeate our lives that, that 
in a positive way that make it better, like hope. Hope not only makes that situation better, but a lot of times it starts to to go out into other areas of our life and go, hey, oh, wow, this wasn't as bleak as I thought it was, or this actually gives me that joy. You know, it provides that that sense of knowing that God is in control. And I mean, there is nothing like hope. And I, I think we've talked about that um that quote that says we can't live without hope. Yeah. And in fact, we would die without it. And I think that is something that people who are experiencing depression start to get cut off from because I would say if you're viewing this in a spiritual battle type of way, that is one of the supply trains that the enemy wants to stop. Yeah. He wants to blow those tracks right up to where there is no hope coming into the life of someone who's experiencing depression because what that does is that, um, again, isolates them from any type of pick-me-up, any type of thing that's going to bring them back from the brink of going, man, what is this life worth? Yeah. If Satan has you in a state of depression, um, and sometimes it's just life, I understand mm-hmm. we don't yeah. look for Satan under every rock, but <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, regardless of Satan had a hand in it or not, he spots you in it. Yes. So he, he will do anything. Like you said, that's a great point. If he can get hope out of the picture... He got you where he wants you. Yeah, and remember, we talk about this a lot, but there are three enemies of the Christian. Satan, our flesh, and then the world. And none of those things really have our best interests at heart. And all of them will self-destruct on us if we let them. And they will all try to kill us. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the yeah. world will be like, hey, come over here. And then just, you know, basically take our souls. The flesh, we think we know what's best for us. And of course we don't. And then Satan hates our guts. And, and I, I appreciate what you said. We're not looking for Satan under every rock and, and everything. But there is that satanic influence in this world that says, I want to kill anyone that has potential to be one of God's children. That's true. And and someone who's in a depressed state, that's a breeding ground for him to work mm-hmm. work you over. Yeah, yeah. And I, I was thinking about some of the situations that somebody who says that they're experiencing sad might uh, relate to, like, I feel really alone. And um, alone may not necessarily mean just by themselves. You can be in a room full of people and still be alone. True. And then there's also the person who's maybe experiencing the type of depression where they say, my life doesn't matter. And and a lot of times that's something that when I've been depressed, that's something that I've told myself over and over is that whatever I do, my life doesn't matter. It, it has no meaning in this world. And then, um, you know, another just, I guess, loop that we can get stuck in is that nothing's ever going to change. Nothing will ever be different. It's, it's always going to be like this. And I'm always going to have this feeling of despair. And I can't help but appreciate Asaph, the psalmist who wrote in Psalm fifty fifteen. Call upon me, that's God, in the day of trouble, I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. And I was thinking of how do we break that feedback loop of depression as believers? And this is one of the most comforting verses that I could find because it says, cry out, reach out, beckon to me and I will deliver. I will rescue you. I will save you. And sometimes for me, and I'm coming at this from a very personal level, sometimes in the thick of things, I forget that the God of the universe can hear me. Mm -hmm. And not only that, not only can he hear me, but he's listening and he wants to hear what I have to say, 
And, and how should that change my thinking? Well, first and foremost, he knows and he hears us when we call. And then he says, by the way, I'm with you. I'll never forsake you. That's what Deuteronomy 31.8 says. And so if you're in the midst of a tough spell right now during this holiday season, or perhaps you're like me catching up on a podcast episode uh, months from now, <laughs> this statement's for you. You're not alone and God is there for you. And so are we. Yeah. Because as Snakebird, in the midst of uh, anything, you can always reach out. I don't care if it's two in the morning, you can send us an email. I'm If you send an email, I might not get it right at the <laughs> two in the morning, but Facebook message, yeah. I mean, the minute that we see it, we're going to try to respond. Yeah, so true. And um, I, I had a couple verses I was going to share too. One, Lamentations 3, 19 through 25. It says, Remember my affliction and my wanderings, the wormwood and the gall. My soul continually remembers it and is bowed down within me. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore I will hope in Him. In verse 25, the Lord is good to those who wait for Him, to the soul who seeks Him. And so, listener, um, the point isn't to make your sadness magically disappear by chanting something spiritual, because we all know things don't work that way. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, when we genuinely, even at our weakest point, throw in the towel with all the other advice and give ourselves fully to that childlike dependence on God's guidance for us, then we will start to feel a pretty immediate weight start to lift off our shoulders. There really is an indescribable feeling of freedom when we realize we've hit rock bottom and the one who has been there with us the whole time offers to carry us the rest of the way, um, psychologically, mentally, mm -hmm. he can do that for you. And it, there can be an immediate weight off your shoulders. Um, but we have to ask him too. We have to come to him. Uh, Matthew 7, 7 through 11 says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. To the one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask them? And so God knows that you need his strength, and he'll not turn his back on you if you ask with a pure heart. Mm -hmm. So listeners out there, we, we don't personally know most of you. Uh, some of you might be going through something we can't even begin to understand. And we just want to reach out to those who are fixing to turn off this podcast and perhaps experience that pain, that doubt and uncertainty, maybe even some hate come rushing back into your mind. And you might be thinking to yourself, these words I'm hearing are just words, but my suffering is real. We get that. Mm -hmm. We understand that you might be going through something that we can't relate to, but there is one who has gone through your pain, who knows ultimate rejection, who has felt so much pain that blood ran as tears, and his name is Jesus. And if you don't know him, then you can right now. Yeah. And in my experience, if you call out to him, he answers and if you do know him, and this pain is still so strong, then remember what we're striving for, found in 2 Timothy 4, 7-8. through 8. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. 
And and I do know that this graduation, it still may be years from now. And that means that we'll have to endure this world a little longer. But also remember that seasons pass, the good and the bad. So if the weight of the world is heavy, then just wait, endure. This too shall pass. Mm -hmm. And when it does, the sweet of life will taste much sweeter because you've tasted the bitter. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that. And I, I echo those sentiments call out to the Lord because we talk about, is this podcast for believers or non-believers? Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's for both. And we hope that as we speak directly to Christians that you can relate to that. And if you are a non-believer who's listening, nothing's standing in front of you other than God with open arms saying, come home, come to me. And um, I, I just wanted to say this, especially as we kind of close up. If I ever feel like the feelings that I'm experiencing make me any less of a Christian, then I take hope that many Bible characters struggle with different forms of depression. And I I appreciate that you just mentioned Jesus. You know, not only Bible characters, but even those who we consider to be fathers of the faith, most notably the Prince of Preachers, Charles Spurgeon, who we've referenced uh, time after time. Uh, Spurgeon battled depression Sometimes he couldn't even identify where it was coming from. He's on record saying once in a sermon, my spirits were sunken so low that I could weep by the hour like a child, and yet I knew not what I wept for. And so here's something that I've come to realize, that even the most joyous Christians can know dark, explicable nights of depression. And how can we fight through these seasons? How did Spurgeon reconcile his struggle with depression with his view of a gracious God? Although depression is complex, and some of the remedies will vary from person to person, here are three truths that can be a light in the darkness. First, Spurgeon saw his depression as ordained by God, for God's glory and his own sanctification. And that's, that's a tough one to swallow, because uh, he believed that there was a purpose in it and God was going to use it, which in Spurgeon's life he did through reconciling countless souls to Christ. Even though he battled that depression, he fought it back and he still continued to preach like God had called him to. Second, we can consider the opportunity for effective ministry that these difficult seasons prepare us for. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4 read, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. Perhaps the very thing that we've been through has been preparing us to help someone else that is going through that same thing. And I've seen that in my life. A lot of times, the difficult roads that I've walked down are actually a time where I can go back and say, hey, I've actually navigated this before. Let mm -hmm. me walk with you. And then third, uh, another way to be a light in the darkness is to use what you've got. I appreciate this quote from Spurgeon. He says, breathe country air and let the beauty of nature do its appointed work. A mouthful of sea air, which doesn't uh, happen a lot here in Texas, <laughs> or a, a stiff walk in wind's face would not give grace to the soul, but it would yield oxygen to the body, which is next best. And so what he was saying is, hey, there's a lot of wisdom in giving our bodies and our minds rest, rest in nature, get outside. You know, we talked about how we only spend 5% of our time outside. Maybe that would be in 
a different thing if we could improve that or lengthen that amount of time than the seven minutes a day outside. Very true. You know, and so just some random suggestions um, is go outside, go for a drive. Right now, if it is Christmas season and you're like, I'm depressed, get in the car and go for a drive and look at Christmas lights. Yeah. Go get some Christian alcohol, AKA coffee (laughs) (laughs) and drive it around and, and, um, you know, be others oriented, go and serve somebody, step out, do something different, change up the pace. And, and this is even from a modern psychology website, get off the couch. You know, um, a lot of times when we're in depression, we wallow. And even if it means just going out and being someplace else, calling some friends and being friendly. And, you know, um, I felt like for me, a lot of times when I've dealt with depression, I have to be honest with myself and I have to be honest with those that are close to me that will not judge me for this type of depression is saying, Hey, I'm going through something. Can you walk with me in this Mm -hmm. and find that either accountability partner or that, that, that buddy system to say, Hey, can you invite me over to your house for Christmas dinner? Or, um, can we talk about this? Can we zoom? And I know with social distancing and everything that's going on, it's difficult, but these are just some practical suggestions. No, there's some great suggestions. So, yeah. And of course the most important suggestion is to call out to God. Yeah. Because he wants to hear from you and he cares. And if you ever doubt that anyone cares, Please don't. Yeah. There are people around this world who would do anything at the drop of a hat to say, hey, God loves you and he cares about you. And and don't let anything lie to you in that because that's a lie that I believe happens in that moment of depression where it's like just compounding. Don't don't let those train tracks get severed of hope. Yeah, that's true. You know, ask, it'll be given. Seek, you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened. I, I believe that that even in its own context can stretch all the way to this point where if you're asking God, he uses other people sometimes to Mm -hmm. communicate with you Yeah, and and do reach out because there is people who care and God who cares and he will connect you with the two. Yeah. And I had, I had one more verse I wanted to share that kind of lines directly up with that. Hey, go figure. Uh, Psalm 138. I'm going to read verses three, seven, and eight. It says, as soon as I pray, you answer me. You encourage me by giving me strength. Though I am surrounded by troubles, you will protect me from the anger of my enemies. You reach out your hand and the power of your right hand saves me. The Lord will work out his plans for my life. For your faithful love, O Lord, endures forever. Don't abandon me, for you made me. And right there, God has a plan for your life. He's with you. And and again, I think the main job of the enemy, whether it's our own uh, flesh or it's the devil under the rock, <laughs> it's it's to cut us off. It's to to sever those lines of communication. And yet God is right there. And he says, I love you. I've got a plan for you. I will never leave you or forsake you. And even in the valleys, I am beside you. That's true. Don't let Satan steal your hope. Yeah. Yeah, those are some good words and, and so true. And and like we've mentioned already, I understand, we understand that these can sound like just words. Mm-hmm. But um, if you take them to heart, if you really do call out, God will pave a way. He does. Yeah. And this will pass. Yes. Remember that. Yeah. And I would encourage you right now, if you have been experiencing any type of seasonal depression or any type of general depression, reach out right now, send us a message, 
uh, let us know how we can pray for you. We'd really love to hear from you. And there are so many listeners throughout Texas and the United States and even the world now that we just want to get to know you and we want to rub shoulders with you and, and be able to open those lines of communication. So send us a message on Facebook Messenger or directly on our Facebook or even uh, an email at connect at basnakebird.com. We'd love to hear your story and be able to relate with you and, and uh, do life together. That's true, guys. We really would love to hear from you. It might be a step out of your comfort zone to send an email to some random guys on a podcast. Yeah. But do it. Do it. Reach out to us because we'd love to pray for you. We'd love to know you by name. Yes. You don't have to give us your full name. No. You don't have to give us your credit card information. No. Just holler at us and we would love to, to know you. And if we hear from you, we guarantee you will get a message back from one of us. You will. Yes. Very, very true. Yeah. And we're glad you're here. And hey, guys, we might not have ever met you before. But um, the body of Christ loves one another. That's right. We love you guys. Yeah. And, and we're glad that we're here with you. We're glad that you tune in to the Snakebird podcast. Absolutely. And if you're looking to give Snakebird a Christmas gift, just head on over and give us a positive review <laughs> and a good uh, five-star rating because not only does that help us uh, to be able to reach more people through those algorithms, but it also uh, allows people to find us quicker and all those things. So that would be awesome if you can. And if you don't like the show, then just don't give us a review. Yeah, just, just stay off <laughs> just, of there. Just walk away. <laughs> That's terrible. But keep tuning in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Please do tune in. Oh my gosh. We're off the rails. Always remember whatever you do, wherever you go, no matter what life throws at you, there's never been a better time to hear the words of Jesus. And be a, a snake, snake bird. bird.